Kale. And I'm Allison. And this is YBYA. Hi guys, holy crap, this is our fourth episode of YBYA. This is awesome. Allison, uh, you want to talk about what we're talking about today? Sure. In the month of June, we challenged ourselves to read only LGBTQA plus books to celebrate Pride Month and diversity, and we both succeeded. We did not stray from the path. So I did once, and that was only the very first book, but because I was reading it in May, and it transferred over to June. That was the only book that I read that didn't have LGBTQ in it. didn't start it. No, I did not start it in June, so that still counts. <laughs> this episode, we're going to talk about what we read, um, what we kind of learned from the books, and the differences in genre, how LGBT characters are portrayed, and how we feel about it. Yeah, it's going to be a really interesting conversation, and I know I personally learned a lot, and I found a lot of interesting trends, so I'm really looking forward to sharing with you what I learned and what we found out about this, and just also maybe some really good titles that we enjoyed. Yeah. So what are you reading, Allison? So I am reading A Gathering of Shadows by V.E. Schwab. So yes! <laughs> I probably won't finish it before the month is up, but it is LGBT, and then I will, I'm sure, just go straight into the third one, because I've been told that you can't not. You can't not. It was torture <laughs> waiting that long. It was torture! So it's pretty early on in the book, but I'm really enjoying it so far. It's so good. And for those of you who don't know, I'm a big Victoria Schwab fan, B.E. Schwab. If you don't know, on the last most recent episode of Book Battles that we've had, I had a whole Victoria Schwab category. And yeah, so I'm really, really happy that Allison is reading this. <laughs> yes. I am listening to Neil Patrick Harris's Choose Your Own Autobiography, which I'm really enjoying because he explores a lot about his sexual identity, along with learning, like, how did Doogie Hauser come to be? How did How I Met Your Mother came to be? And his relationship with uh, his husband is also really sweet to hear about. And it's weird listening to it because it's supposed to be set up like a choose-your-own-adventure book. The audiobook is just different because um, they've structured it differently. But I also feel right now it's a little impersonal because like the choose-your-own-adventure books, they're told in the second person. That's a little strange. It's odd. It's, it seems very distant. So I'm struggling with the format, but I love the stories. And then I'm reading, I just started today, Beautiful Music for Ugly Children, which is about a transgender guy who... His name is Gabe, and he feels like he can only be himself on the radio. His birth name is Elizabeth, and he did come out to his family members, but this is really where he finds himself and his solace in radio, which is really interesting. And I just started it, and I think I can finish it by the end of the month because it's less than 300 pages. With that being said, I want to talk about what we read over the course of this month and the different types of perspectives that we got from this. So do you want to start with yours? Because you have 10 less than me. Not including the book that I'm currently reading. I read seven books this month. And I guess we can just start at the beginning. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, the first one I read was Every Heart a Doorway. Which, which I think is the only one that you and I read that was the same, right? So, so we both can talk on that. So Every Heart a Doorway has a asexual main character. Asexual but not aromantic. Um, yes. And I really liked that. A trans secondary character who yes. is like my favorite person ever I think it's just a, it was a really interesting book and I what I what I loved is that that just because they had sexual diversity in it it was not about that at all at all at all it was hardly mentioned there was like a one-off chance about them having a crush on each other and then like that wasn't a thing and that was about it it was really great about being a story not about their sexual identity but having different sexual identities right and it's really short. Yeah, it's like 270 pages. No, not even. It's oh, no. like 173. 170. Okay, I knew it was a something 70. Yeah, 
173. Really short and really well written. I mean, I got attached to these characters so quickly and I suck at reading short stories because I need like 600 pages to love someone. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was awesome. Really awesome. And the next book I read was Timekeeper, which was uh, a gaming character and it was so cute. It was a, it's a fantasy uh, kind of steampunk-esque Victorian novel where time itself is controlled by clock towers. And if a clock tower goes down or is broken, time itself is broken. So it was this really cool fantasy world. And then the character falls in love with a clock spirit, which is not a spoiler. (laughs) Okay. Um, uh, And it's super adorable and the characters are amazing. That sounds really interesting, actually. And I know you gave it to me, so I should have read it, but that's okay. Um, What else do you got? Uh, The Abyss Surrounds Us and The Edge of the Abyss, which is the two books in a duology about lesbian pirates. Which I just... uh, You mentioned it last time on the podcast is what you were currently reading, and I'm jealous that I didn't get to it. Yeah, it's like, it's futuristic dystopian lesbian pirates, so it's a little out there, but I really liked the world. And then I read an adult graphic novel called Bitch Planet. It was really good. And then I read Labyrinth Lost, who has a binding character, but I really loved the world. It was like about these Hispanic witches called Brujas in Brooklyn, and then they end up going to this like alternate dimension. It's really good. Were those your seven? No, one more. Okay. Um, Romancing the Inventor yes! by Gail Carriger. <laughs> I read this one too, not this month, but later, but earlier this year. Yeah, it's adult, but it's uh, and it's a novella in the Parasol Protectorate world. But it's adorable and amazing, and I like squeed with joy the whole time. And Me it's about, <laughs> and it's about um one of the ma- one of the side characters from the original adventure, like her falling in love with another woman. It's- I did not know you read that one. It's so good. I actually read seventeen books this month, and I'm gonna categorize them in the different representations of them. And so I read the books that I read that had um male on male romance was The Darkest Part of the Forest by Holly Black. So good. It's so good. Oh my gosh. It's so good. I love Holly Black. She is queen. The Backstagers, which is this really cute graphic novel for a theater nerd like me. It's basically lumberjanes with theater and boys because they like hunt monstrous things that are backstage and the actors are too pretentious to come and battle things backstage and it's great. And nobody knows what happens backstage. That's adorable. I love it. I also read this adult short story collection, which I loved, called Don't Let Him Know, which was written by an Indian author, and I learned so much about that culture as well, and it was a multi-layered story told out of order, and it was awesome. Really short, great adult collection that I loved. Then I read Simon vs. the Homo Sapien Agenda, which is as good as everybody says it is. It just is. <laughs> it just is. And I'm so happy it was in my life. And then on the flip side, I read Boy Meets Boy, which was terrible, and I hated it. Oh, no. I could not stand it. I almost DNF'd it. I did DNF a couple books this month, but, oh, God, I can't believe I got through that one. Then I read Carry On, which was also amazing, and I loved that one. Those The male-on-male romance was, like, the majority of my reading month, but I did get to a lot of different representation. Um, additionally, I got to female-on-female romance, and that was A Fire and Stars, which ended up being really good, too. I also got to Lumberjanes and Gotham Academy crossover, which was so cool, especially someone like me who's a fan of Gotham Academy and Lumberjanes. It was the best thing I never knew I wanted, except the storyline was lame, but that's okay. They have a lesbian cup, cup, 
well, on the cover of that one, too, which is great, because it's a J graphic novel. It's a, it is, It's a kid's yeah. graphic novel, so that was really cool. And then for transgender, I read with a transgender guy was Every Heart a Doorway, and I'm currently reading The Beautiful Music for Ugly Children. Transgender Girl, I read Being Jazz, My Life as a Transgender Teen, which was very interesting, and I listened to the audiobook on that one, and that was very fascinating to hear Jazz's story as someone who knew their gender orientation at such a young age. I also read for Transgender Girl, I read If I Was Your Girl, which was good, not original, in my opinion. I read two books with a gender fluid character, Symptoms of Being Human, which I loved because we never found out Riley's birth gender, mm. and there were no pronouns used. None that gave it away. So it was so interesting. And then also Mask of Shadows, which I had an ARC copy of, and that comes out in September, and that was also really interesting, that being the fantasy one. Where Am I Now is the autobiography of Mara Wilson. She identifies as bi, and so that was also really interesting. She played Matilda when she was a child actor, and it was just, but it was not just about her child acting, which I loved. She didn't go into her sexuality at all, because I think she came out after the book was oh. released, but it was still really good. For asexual characters, I read Tash Hart's Tolstoy, which just came out, and oh my god, it was so happy and so good, and I loved it, and then of course, Every Heart a Doorway. And that's it. I learned a lot, and I hit a lot of different perspectives, and a lot of different representation, which was interesting. The majority of yours were lesbian romances, right? Yeah, out of seven, it was five, and maybe that speaks more to me. Like, maybe I was just like, I'm so happy that these ladies love ladies. Like, yeah, feminism. I also just prefer female heroines typically when I read, so I might have gravitated towards those books. Yeah. When we set our challenge this month to do this, I really wanted to read from as many perspectives as I could. And I read a lot. I read fast. And I also listen to audiobooks, and I have a really long commute. So for me, I was able to achieve that. I read almost every perspective that I could think of. I didn't mention one, which was intersex, right. which was none of the above, which that I learned so much about because I knew nothing, pretty much little to nothing about intersex. I knew what intersex was, but I wasn't aware of that there were different types. To me, it was just such an interesting learning experience, particularly with none of the above. The story in of itself was not my favorite, and I still didn't like at the end that like, she needed a boy to make her feel better. I hate that. But, like I said, overall, I learned a lot about intersex. And, and also gender fluid was another one that I was fascinated to learn about. And how that affects one's psyche. And how do you portray that? Like, how do you decide what pronouns to use? or how? Like, it just was so fascinating to me. Because when it, especially when I read one fantasy and one contemporary, with symptoms of being human... It was much more in the everyday world, and how did people react to Riley, whereas Mask of Shadows, in that fantasy world, they were much more accepting of it. It was not deemed inappropriate or weird or any sort of thing like that. The character is slight, and that was more commented upon about how small they are, but not about their gender one way or the other. So that was really interesting. And do you think that, do you think that putting it in a fantasy world can sometimes help eliminate those prejudices? I think it can. I, I had a similar experience with Timekeeper. Timekeeper is set, you know, in Victorian London. And in Victorian London, homosexuality would not have been... It was it, illegal. Yeah, it's illegal, and it would not have been op talked about openly, regardless of the fact that it did happen. The author, she said, you know, I realize this is not historically accurate. This is a fantasy novel, and I want, like, these are my characters, and this is how it is. And so in that world... 
people knew the main character was gay. Like, he had come out to the world, and not only, like, to his very close friends, but, like, everyone knew. He wasn't, like, ostracized, but he also was, it was, like, something people said to him. They were like, oh, but you prefer blokes. Like, that kind of thing. Like, it was mentioned, like, people weren't fully comfortable with it, but it wasn't abhorrent. Yeah. Which was cool. No, I think it's really interesting, because I found that in Fire of Fire and Stars, too. There was no, because that's about this one girl who gets betrothed to the prince, and she falls in love with his sister instead, and there's magic, and it's very interesting. But what was fascinating to me was that there was no scandal that two women were together. The scandal was that she broke her promise to the prince. Right. And the vows that she made towards him. So more the affair rather than that it was an affair with a woman. I am always very interested in the idea that in a fantasy world, we can create tolerance easier. Like in uh, The Abyss Surrounds Us, like that series, there, it wasn't even talked about. It was just like the main character had feelings of attraction towards her love interest and that was it. Like it wasn't like, I'm a lesbian, like, yeah. you know, nobody had to come out, it was just, it was just there, and it was fine, and nobody cared, and it was really refreshing, and that's what I, I like about that about fantasy a lot in general, is that it takes you out of the prejudices of modern society. It's very interesting how fantasy worlds are able to do that, whereas I read a ton of contemporary, and a lot of the contemporaries I deal with still deal with prejudice, you know, they're so many of them, goodness gracious, of symptoms of being human, the character, there's rape involved, an assault. There, if, if I was your girl, same deal. Being Jazz, she's been harassed. Simon in Simon vs. the Homo Sapien Agenda is never really bullied about it, but he's afraid of that. And none of the above. She has to take herself out of school. Like, there is... Even Tash Hart's Tolstoy, there for this asexual girl, she's having to deal with people not understanding what asexuality is. And that also, that book was another learning opportunity for me. It was the best description of an asexual that I've ever heard. Like, better than any sort of Wikipedia page, better than, it was just so great to hear from a character and her feelings and her thoughts on it. And she talked about how She's like, I want all, like, kissing on my forehead and the hugging and the cuddling, but then when I think of sex, it's like hitting a wall. It's like, that's where it just stops. It's right. the end of the line. And that was so interesting for me and such a great visual to understand better what asexuality looks like. But in all of these books that I read that they were all contemporary, they pretty much all face prejudice on some level or another, or misunderstanding or having to explain themselves. And even where Tash Hart's Tolstoy, it's not about her asexuality. It's a part of the story. And even Simon versus the Homo Sapien Agenda, I would argue that, yeah, he gets into his mess because of his emails and his sexuality. But a lot of the story has to do with his family and his friends and, and a whole a bunch of other high school things of finding himself that it's just, it's hard to read that much prejudice. And that was another thing that I learned is just how it is still so prevalent and present and as someone who's trying really hard to be a good ally, and part of the things I think in this challenge was that we wanted to educate ourselves more. That was one of the things that at least my goal was. Yeah. There's been a big shift from all stories about gay teens are coming out stories to gay teens are people too, and they yeah. get to tell a normal story that would be exactly the same if they had a 
heterosexual relationship in them. No, I it, Simon and versus the Homo sapien agenda made a really interesting point, which is so silly that I hadn't thought about this this simply, but it was like straight people don't have to come out. Right. You don't have to announce to the world, oh, I'm straight, which is so, I was like, duh, like, <laughs> oh, of course, like, that makes so much sense to me, and fantasy books are, allow that, for that to happen, yeah. if that makes sense, like, nobody has to announce it, it just is, especially, like, in A Fire and Stars, which is also in Own Voices, it was very interesting how natural that happened, and it wasn't insta-love, and I was so happy. So you think it was a product of rooting fantasy that I was able to get away from the coming out stories? Yeah, I think so. Because even the darkest part of the forest, which is an urban fantasy... They, yeah, it's very accepted. It, it is very accepted. But yeah, like, in the fantasy worlds I read, in Timekeeper, he talks about him coming out, but it's not the story of him coming out. Right. He's like, I came out. It wasn't even he came out because of a relationship. It was, hey, world... I'm gay, so there's that. And then he never, like, he had never been with a boy, he'd never kissed a boy, whatever, um, until the story of this book. So it was like, he came out to everyone, and they knew that he was gay, like, and then this was the story of him falling in love for the first time. Okay, that's cool. And it wasn't like, I have to come out again. It was like, yeah, it was less of a thing. In none of the contemporaries that I read, every single one, it was a coming out story in some way. Because even Tash Hart's told story, she had to come out to her friends. She had never told them. She never told her family. Simon, the whole thing is about him coming out and not wanting people to find out. Don't let him know. That whole book is that. That was the adult one that I read. Well, so I just read an article, like, yesterday that was talking about the shift of LGBTQIA literature from 10 years ago where every single story was, here's me coming out, here's the challenges I face, to now... It's not every story. We've, we've started to get into a place in our society, especially American society, where we can say, you know, at the beginning of a contemporary book, me, the main character, am, I'm gay. This is a story about something else. Yes. And we can do that. I read pretty much all coming out stories that were contemporary. Yeah, and I didn't read a single true coming out story in my normal fantasy. Yeah. What did you learn? What did I learn? Well, in Every Heart of Doorway... You already mentioned this, um, but not about that book. In Every Higher Doorway, Doorway, I think they did a really good job of talking about the difference between being asexual and aromantic. And it's something that I had never truly considered. And I really liked how separate it was for her main character in Every Higher Doorway, but she was not aromantic. So she had all these like giggly kind of feelings towards um, one of the characters and, and she talks about it in an internal monologue of, I have these feelings, and I've been there. Like, I've had boyfriends, and but then they always want to go farther than I'm willing to go because I I stop at a certain point. Like, I'm cool with the kisses and the cuddles and the snuggles and the, the love feelings, but I don't want to have sex. And so I really liked that um, distinction because it wasn't something I really read about before. And I kind of knew it was a thing, but I didn't know too much about it. And I think it's interesting because this never occurred to me in – any of the books I read, but it would be very fascinating. This is something I would love to read in YA, and again, listeners, if you've got a suggestion, let me know, of somebody who may be bisexual, but heteroromantic, or, mm-hmm. you know, distinguishing that. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. And, or someone who may be biromantic, but heterosexual. I don't know, just something along those lines would be interesting for me to 
examined, like that separation of romantic versus sexual, and then gender. And you I know? think that all falls into the the kind of catch-all category of queer. Yeah, it does. But I would love to find a character that uses those labels, I guess, who sure. uses the that identification um, rather than just queer. The closest I came was to reading Ramona Blue last month because she, and I'm going to talk about that one too, because while that was not in this month, one of the most fascinating things I loved about Ramona Blue was because it got rid of that whole heterosexual is baseline. Then she starts to fall in love with her straight male next door neighbor and ends up kissing him and ends up liking him and is like, what the heck is happening to me? So it's a different type of identity, sexual identity crisis for her. It's not backwards, but it's different than what we're used to. And what was so interesting to me was that there was no morality to it because the quote unquote bad in the South, she was already bad. Right. Again, I'm using that, those terminologies from certain demographics and, you know, the morality standpoint that it's a sin or whatever the heck. We acknowledge that it's not. But there was no questioning that. It was just this self-questioning of, holy crap, I thought I was gay, I'd been attracted to women, I just had this summer affair with this girl, and then now here's this boy. I'm so confused. It's really interesting, and this, I think, is a product of me not reading contemporaries, is I don't often read best friends to lovers stories. Yeah. Those Um, don't appear in fantasies a lot. They don't. And I think it's because it's more exciting to have like an enemies to lover story in a fantasy world yes i think we're good on this topic i would love to continue this conversation though and i think it's going to come up more um i'd love to challenge ourselves again to something like this yeah if it's not lgbtq it's it's something else. Um, not now, though, because we did one challenge already. We'll do that again later in another month. Um, but, Allison, you want to talk about what we're going to talk about next time? Next episode, we're going to talk about self-published authors. And we have very different opinions about that. We do have very different opinions. And to give you a sneak peek, I'm not a fan. And I... It's it's all depends for me. I have some self-published authors that I love, and I rank up there with my published authors. So, um, so yeah, it's going to be a hot little debate. It is. Um, it's going to be fun. So join us on July 15th, which is when that's going to come out. Yes. And please leave any questions. Follow us on social media. Look us up on our website, www.wyweeya.weebly.com. Leave us a comment there. Tweet us. All our information's on our website. So I'm Allison. I'm Kales. Now go read the thing. Bye.